Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another intro to another episode of Do Go On. My name is David Warnicke and I'm here with uh, Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins ready to intro this week's episode. You don't have to say that. It's at the start. You're, what you're doing is the intro. You don't say welcome to the intro. You clearly didn't listen to the two weeks ago because I said this exact thing. Yeah, no, we don't listen to our own podcast, no. We weren't here for it to tell you you're doing it wrong. Yeah, well, thanks for trusting me and not listening to it. That was a little test to see if you did trust me. Well, what a lame thing to do. No, I just like saying welcome to another intro. I enjoy it. No, you did did great. We're here in the studio to tell you that this week's episode was recorded live on a beach at the Kosamui International Podcast Festival. That's not mm. true. This was uh, recorded live in a cafeteria near right. a beach. That's right. Actually, that is very, very true. We started on the beach, the gig was nearly set up, and then a torrential storm hit. Yeah, which and was we, good fun. I imagine we probably mentioned it, it in the episode that we're sitting near the omelette uh, station. Yeah. That's right. Yes, we were inside where people had breakfast at the buffet each day. Yeah. <laughs> Still a really fun gig in there. Oh, that was it? awesome. Good vibe. Great fun room. Joined but by uh, wasn't on the beach. Good pals, Dilruk Dry singer and Brett Blake, mm. Logie Award winner. We talk about this in the episode. Yeah, I'm sure we do. <laughs> if we don't, huge oversight on our yeah, part. Oversight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but talk. we had we had a great episode coming up. Before we do that, we're going to tell you that our Brisbane show is now fully on sale. Woo-hoo! Sunday, August the 11th, the whole afternoon show. You've got us doing our 200th episode. Little break, hang out, get a drink, and then we'll come back. We're going to do an interactive do-go-on quiz. Yes, we did something similar uh, when we were on our UK tour. We did it in Leeds, and it was probably one of the highlights for me of that whole trip. It was so much fun. I got to be the hype man. I came out before yeah. you two, and it, I spent a few minutes with the crowd. It was fantastic listening to you work. It really was. Yeah, it was, an, it was a privilege. Watching it back on the Patreon bonus uh, video mm. that cuts off my head, 
It was a hard watch, but anyway, I'll work, <laughs> hard, I'll work on my shtick. hard to watch your chest pump over crowd. <laughs> yeah. But it did a great job. So, yeah, definitely come along to that. If you are in Brisbane um, or if you have friends in Brisbane, send them along because it's going to be a lot of fun. Hell, yeah. So that's uh, August Say if 11. you know uh, Bernard Fanning or the members of Custard or maybe the Greats or any other Brisbane bands mm. like the Go-Betweens. Mm. Maybe they could open for us. Maybe Regurgitator. Yes. Anyone else? Um... Do you know sure. anyone else famous from Brisbane? From Brisbane? Why do you ask me like I should know? Kevin Rudd, I think, is from no, Brisbane. No, I wasn't testing you. I was just <laughs> wanting to know if you had anything else to contribute. Uh, Matthew Hayden's a Queenslander. <laughs> obviously, Alfie Langer. Um, obviously. Uh, yeah, you've I, got, uh, I'm not going for the obvious ones. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. who. Do, where do you want me to go? Billy Slater's from up there somewhere? <laughs> Great, we found the we found the limit there. Fantastic. No, so basically the the show is on sale now. You can go to dogoonpod.com mm-hmm. and click on the show's link and or just click the ticket link in the description of this episode. And stay tuned other places in Australia. We've got some more shows coming up. A few irons in the fire. Absolutely. I've got our fingers in lots of pies. Too many pies. And that's not the only thing that some of us are doing in Brisbane that week. That mm. same week, yeah. I think that maybe even the following day we open yes. our uh, international debut premiere mm. of Jess and my show Razzle Dazzle, <laughs> and which is a, it's a basically a, it's a bunch of new stand-up material. Yep. It could be really good. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? At this stage, it's not really anything. It could be anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it that's could a better be way of looking at it. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be loose and fun and Definitely. Silly. It's going to be great. I mean, we say, oh, we haven't really planned anything, but we're two very good comedians, absolute professionals. So, I mean, it's not going to be terrible. Won't be terrible. It won't be bad I at all. I almost guarantee it will not I guarantee be it won't. Yeah. I guarantee it won't be terrible. And you can find out more info on um, about that at mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs and yes. probably other places, but that's the only website that I have remembered in the whole internet now. Yeah, so do that. So we're doing shows the 12th, 13th and 15th of August in Brisbane. Uh, so come along to that as well. And if you use the discount code do go on, there's no promises, but that could be a code. To yeah, use. fuck, we are organised. Yeah, true professionals. Yes. Look, I like to keep a little mystery. Yeah. And also I like to let down our producer. (laughs) 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 He gave us some very clear messages to tell you. She's honestly doing such a good job and um, she's really pushing shit uphill. We are the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Your gig at the top of a hill? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the Hayar Bar where we did our Brisbane Live Dig on a few years ago. It's a good venue. Great venue. Great Great venue. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm very excited about it. Pumped. All right, team. So Brisbane. Come see us that week and everyone else enjoy this episode. Yeah. Yeah, let's hear Dave introduce it all again. (laughs) Yeah, uh, because remember this was just the intro. Here he goes. We'll see you at the end. So for the final time, this Kosovo International Podcast Festival, please give it up for Do Go On! Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. This one recorded live on the beach. <laughs> Front restaurant. Okay. Uh, my name is David Warnke and I'm standing here on stage with two of the best in the biz. It's Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Yeah! Hey guys, how's it going? 
Oh, hang Hello. on. Hello. Hello. Here we go. Hey, we're also brutal assholes to the tech, you dog. Yeah. <laughs> you You'll never shit. work in this you... town again. You... Uh, did you hit record? <laughs> he knows what he's doing. All okay. Right. <laughs> Well, it is so great to be here. Uh, for the people listening at home, we are here at the Coastal Movie International Podcast Festival, the final night of the festival. And we have been doing a lot of gigs and stuff on the beach, but tonight we were rained out. Tommy Dasselow, uh, one of the organisers of the festival from the Dum Dum Club, had literally pl- plugged in the last lead <laughs> and turned around and then just a wall of rain was coming towards us. <laughs> so we had to move, but we are, and we are indoors at the Ozo Chuang Breakfast Buffet Establishment. Yeah. Yeah, let's hear it for the Eggman. How good is that Edgar? Let's hear it for the Eggman. Yeah, it's so good. It's so, so good to be here. Uh, but yeah, how are you, Jess and Matt? We good? I'm great. That's a, that's a lie, but I'm fine. Yeah, we all went a little too hard last night. and uh, I'm not 18 anymore. I can't do five nights in a row. I'm fucked. Yeah. I've been so irritable and shitty all day. And Matt was like, is it just a come down from all the sugar? And I'm like, probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's been a real handful today, I'll just. <laughs> so look forward to that. Look forward to that. Now, right. we've been having a great time at the festival, but uh, it's not just the three of us in the show tonight. Yeah, no, I'm all right as well, Dave. And... Um... <laughs> Sure, I don't have a tale of woe for you, like my friend here, but um, I'm just having a nice time here by the beach. No complaints. Please have me back, Carl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be joined on stage by two guests. Could you please give them a big round of applause now? You know them and love them. It's still Rook Joe Singer and Brett Blake. Yeah! <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Are we on? We hello. are on. Still, you are on. Hello. It is so exciting to be on my first ever Do Go On podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, before we get into the guests, I'm going to give... I'll give Dill's sort of credits, and Dave, you can do Brett's, all right? Um, so, Dill... Oh, that'll be quick for Dave. Dill, yeah. uh, Logie Award winner, star of Utopia. Have you been paying attention? Guilty. Uh, podcast called Fitbet uh, with yes. Ben Lomas. Uh, you've also used to live in Sri Lanka. You have... <laughs> Um, Did you say you still? You still live in Sri Lanka. Do you still live in Sri Lanka? It's well, yeah, I, I dabble. Yeah. Is, you that, all? Is, is that listed on his IMDb credits? <laughs> to be fair, I am wearing a Sri Lankan Guernsey right That's now what, because uh, Sri Lanka me. is playing Australia in the, uh, the World Cup at the moment, and uh, Australia just got 300. So, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not do that. So, right, so yes, gr- please keep going. So great to have Dill here. Is there any more credits from you? Oh, Matt? there are, but we'll stop there. I want to hear what you got for Brett. You want- Me too. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Brett Blake, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you may, you may, <laughs> There's two jokes there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, you may know him from Channel Seven, Nine, and Ten uh, when he was 15 years old. <laughs> When uh, we discovered last night, Brett, that you were arrested at 15 for inciting a riot? Allegedly. Oh, so so, sorry. (laughs) So sorry. At the age of 15. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and don't want to go much more into that, but there was a quiz question. I did not think that would be recorded. Thank you. You're also dyslexic, though. Were you just trying to incite a trio? (laughs) (laughs) Like... When I get that joke, I'll have a fucking fiery comeback. Anyway. 
Oh, I got it. <laughs> Fuck you, dickhead. <laughs> Sing. I don't know, it uh, takes a long time to wind up, but when I get there, I get there. <laughs> no, it is fantastic to have both of you guys on the show. Thank you very much. Mate, such an, exci such an you... excitement. Shit, I've become bread. Um, <laughs> it's very exciting, thank you. Thank uh, you so this is the uh, podcast where we talk about fucking horses, yeah? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, allegedly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I uh, think that's is... all on the record, Dave. <laughs> Mac, do you, mind, do you mind moving forward? I cannot see okay, you at yeah. all. It's super weird. We should, like, bow out. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Bow out, semi-circle. I'll stay put, and you move around. There we go. Oh, that is good stuff. You, you and I, like, we don't move for anybody. You and I. Wow. Oh, okay. Matt's in the crowd. So, for people listening at home, Matt's pushed his chair into the crowd, and he's actually <laughs> facing us. <laughs> That has a vantage point In, there, Dave. It kind of looks like some sort of public hanging or shaming that we're doing, that we have the masses out there, here's the jury, what's and like, I'm going to hold my thumb and, you know, whether we kill you or not. What's yeah. my crime? What's well, your so crime? you're a saint supporter. You've been through enough shame, buddy. Get back over here. <laughs> we had a good win today. Not a good win. We had a win today. Good. Very good. Also, you how, how is your favourite player not Fraser Garrick? The G train. The G train's up there for sure. The G train has to be top five. I've eaten at his uh, restaurant in Caram Downs a few times. <laughs> what a claim he to fame. He played for the Eagles and uh, St Kilda. That's why I love Fraser Garrick. You probably won't know much about that, but he's one of the. He's a fucking unit. He broke his hands. He broke his hand in the game, and they had to give him injections to get it back on the field. Another player thought it'd be funny to hit it, and there's footage. Go home, check it out. And he just puts his hand out like seven times and lets a guy punch it. Just with oh. no, doesn't even squint. I was like, man, this guy is my new king. Legend. <laughs> his, his nickname was the Carpet Snake. And you were just the, reminding me that last night we made a deal we were going to get tattoos of snakes today. When, well, <laughs> well Matt, Matt goes, oh, they might not know you on the podcast, but can you come up with a quick story that sums you up? And I was like, yes. Me and Matt were both going to get Pantera tattoos last night. <laughs> I think when, like, if people, listeners know that you have a mullet, I think that just sums you up enough. And a forklift license and a truck license. Yeah. So there we go. Just in case you're ever questioning it. <laughs> Dave. All right, let's crack on with the show. Now, for people at home or people here, for instance, that may not be familiar with the show, basically what we do here is we are taking in turns to report on a topic often suggested by a listener. The other two people don't know what it's going to be usually. But today, we, uh, we're all going to do a mini report on an overarching theme. So we're all going to uh, present a mini report on a topic now, or Matt, uh, Jess and I are going to. And uh, on this episode, we're going to be reporting on uh, <laughs> fucked up journeys. Fucked up journeys. Yeah. Wild <laughs> travel stories. Oh, OK. Because I thought it was like bad renditions of Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be doing that as well. Um, <laughs> But no, we were inspired by Nick Kappa's fucked journey to London. Oh, yeah. For and the listeners of Do Go On, Nick Kappa got to London by a crazy way. Yeah. Right. And so we thought, let's find some fucked journeys that people in the world have been on. That's right. All right, we always start with a question to get on topic. I'm going to do the first report tonight. And uh, my question for you guys on stage is, in 1984, who did Guinness World Records name as the world's greatest Living Explorer. Well, I was conceived in... I mean, I was born in 1985, so I'm assuming that I was conceived in 84. <laughs> oh, right. So I would say, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I guess he, he found something, didn't he? Right. <laughs> Wait, is this actually a trivia thing? We have to know stuff or...? <laughs> not, f- not beyond look, look at the fear in his eyes. <laughs> Man, I saw you reading and there was a question. I was like, I'm fucking out, dude. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, uh, does anyone here know who this man is? Someone's got their hand up. So close to Ralph Fiennes. It is, in fact, his third cousin, Ranulf Fiennes. What? Seriously. The third how, cousin. Ben, how did you know that? Yeah, he's a famous... He's from the UK. Everyone okay, knows right. Yeah, everyone knows yeah. that. Right. Yeah, there's one, there's one village. London. All right. <laughs> Um, so, Ranulph Fiennes, he's the third cousin of uh, Rafe and Joseph Fiennes. Mm. Never, never sure if it's Rafe or Ralph. Rafe. Rafe. I, th- I think he's fucked that. Anyway. Yeah. It's definitely written as Ralph. So, uh, so Ranulph Fiennes, have you guys ever heard of this explorer? Not I me. Mean. No. 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 Well, I'm going to tell if you... it's not Malcolm Douglas, I don't know. <laughs> and he wasn't an explorer, he just had a real sick crocodile farm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so oh you my kn- God, there are two bad laughs on this yeah. podcast now. <laughs> and we sat next to each other too. <laughs> uh, you may know him as Sir Ranulph Fiennes, but his full name is... Sir Ranulph Twistleton. <laughs> no wonder he's an explorer. He wanted to get away from school because he's been bullied. <laughs> oh, Twistleton, yes. I'm not even halfway. No one's ever conquered anything called Twistleton. <laughs> I'm not even halfway through his name. Oh, shit. Sorry. Sir Ranulph Twistleton Wycam Fines. Wycam? Wycam. Wycam. Finds third baronet. What? He definitely had Sherpas and paid them under minimum (laughs) wage. Baronet as opposed to a baron. So he's not quite a baron, he's a baronet. Yeah. Like how Dave's credit card still says Master Warnicky. (laughs) It does. Yeah, it does. I'm 28. (laughs) Guys, it's 2019. He can be I a master like if he wants. Master Blake. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to get it changed twice and they just sent me a new one and it just says, ma- and I'm like, oh, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> I like the idea of Master Blake though. Yeah, Master Blake. It's like Blake's when you're good. feeling lonely with a mullet, yeah. you just have a little bit a little of a bit Master, of master Blake. Blake. <laughs> That's what I was going for, but no one picked up on it at the start. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was born in 1944 uh, in Windsor. His father, also a baron, was an army officer, died in World War II when Ranulph was just one year old, was just a one-year-old, and he inherited the title of baronet from his father. So that's where oh. it comes from. What's his kid going to be, a baronet-net? <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going forever and ever and ever. Uh, his family moved to his grandmother's uh, home in South Africa in early 1947. Then when he came back to England in 1954, he met his future wife, Ginny, when he was 12 years old and she was nine. Uh, they, they didn't get together straight away, guys. Uh, in his own words, she lived next door and she was nine, but I didn't take her out until she was 13 and her father definitely did not like me. <laughs> he went on to say, he really didn't speak to me until five years after I married her. Oh. He just didn't like somebody taking out his daughter at 13. Now, I therefore didn't really like him, but now that my daughter is nearly 13, I sort of fully understand his point of view. <laughs> And if he was still alive, I would apologise. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> uh, he went to the prestigious Eton College, which I believe is where Prince Harry and William went, but failed to apply himself and didn't get the marks he needed to uh, get into the military, uh, Royal Military Academy, where he'd hoped to be trained to be an officer like his father. So he had to settle for a lesser military academy. 
but eventually he was accepted into the SAS, the Elite Special Air Service Unit, where he specialised in demolitions. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Once again, Twizzle doing demolitions <laughs> in the SAS. Who is this wild character? <laughs> He's Let's wild. get some shots going for him. Is he still alive? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> He's known for his pranks. <laughs> Ranoff and another officer... Uh, My real name isn't Twizzleton. <laughs> it's just David. <laughs> Him and another friend uh, procured a very lively squirming piglet, hmm? covered it with tank grease, and slipped it into the crowded ballroom of the Army's Staff College. Bit of fun. That's, that's a good plot line for, for Babe 3. <laughs> yeah. Pig in the Army. It out. Love that the SAS has a ballroom. <laughs> Not very badass, but anyway, in 1966, when he was 22 years old, he may have taken things too far, when the film Dr. Doolittle was being filmed in the small village of Castle Coombe, Wiltshire. The town was annoyed because 20th Century Fox decided to build a dam for the film over a local stream. Locals found it unsightly, and being a man of action, Ranoff heard about this and decided to act. This is a quote from him. The locals weren't happy with the set, so I thought I'd get rid of it. In the middle of the night, he decided to use explosives that he acquired from the oh SAS to blow up the dam. Back on board, baby. <laughs> he recalled, I was on an explosive course in Hereford at the time. At the end of each day, I had, I had quite a lot of explosives left over. Rather than just hand it back, I thought it would be rather nice to keep it. <laughs> Unfortunately for Ranoff, police discovered his plan and he was arrested before he could blow up the dam. If he'd been jailed, he would have been kicked out of the army for good, but the judge took a liking to him and he was only fined 500 pounds, <laughs> despite the fact that he was planning an act of terrorism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's a larrikin. He's white and his name's Twizzle. He's getting away with crime, <laughs> yeah. trust me. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. That is probably it. Hey, Dave, this, was the topic journeys? Yeah. Yeah, he's a... This is the sickest journey I've ever heard. He's just yeah. the journey to being a mad yeah, dog. Come on. It's not That's about from his, <laughs> this story is not about the destination. It's about the explosives. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Uh, he left behind his military life after this and turned his attention to exploration. Ah, or, or a journeyman. Uh, wait one more sentence. <laughs> In a, I, I waited like many sentences yeah. to that point. To be fair, I had He's the same thought. It, yeah. I had the same hey. thought, but I was like, I trust Dave. What? Yeah, I don't. I mean, you're a, Sinc <laughs> you're a Sinkila supporter. I thought you'd be used to waiting. <laughs> Hawthorne so supporter Dil right here. Thank you. Dill moved to Australia and picked the premiership team. <laughs> and, and he's No, I didn't. I'll fucking fight you. I don't care that... I mean, I've got a bit of Brett Blake in me right now. <laughs> Dave's gone exploring for some uh, pina colada uh, while yeah, we're thank here. Thank you. A little drinks break there while you sort out the footy chat. Couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who's your team, Master Dave? Uh, the Western Bulldogs. Name a player. Uh, name a player. Yeah. Uh, Chris Grant. <laughs> Back in 1996 when I picked the team, he was on top. Never been to a game. All right, here we go. Uh, in 1969, things are getting interesting. He led... Yeah, oh yeah. Are you pick, picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> fucking worse. Nice. <laughs> During 69, fucking dumb dumb club fans. I love it. 
<laughs> he led his first expedition in 1969. He became the first person to go all the way up the 4,000 mile long Nile River. Oh. In a hovercraft. Oh. <laughs> what a record. Sure. What a record. <laughs> You know, he did something, That's mate. the power of love. <laughs> That's what I'm just picturing him going. Woo! <laughs> uh, he became the first person in 1982. It took three years, this next journey, to uh, go from pole to pole. He went all, around the, all the way around the entire Earth, from North Pole, South Pole, and back up, without uh, flying at all. He was in boats and stuff. That took oh, him three wow. years, and he travelled 52,000 miles, or 84,000 k. So he's used to being cold and suffering in the elements. Just, he once removed his balaclava in the snow and found a one-inch chunk of his frozen flesh stuck to the cloth. <laughs> what? But don't worry, he, he treated the wound with the only thing he had on hand. Hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> and your soul. I've been Good there. stuff. I use that for everything as well. Yeah. It's good with uh, toast. No, no, no. Hang on. Elaborate. That's not, I don't know why that's not true. I don't know why I said it. Have you ever had a hemorrhoid? I, I, there's a cream called Anisol. It's a good multi-purpose. It doesn't matter, but it's a good multi-purpose cream, and I reckon it would work on your face. I, ju- I do like the idea that... Um, fa- fa- what's his name? Fines? Had Anisol or the, cr- the hemorrhoid <laughs> stuff ready to go. He's like, I've got a big journey ahead. I'm probably going to squeeze out some bad dookies and um, <laughs> get a few blood, blood bumps come out my butthole. <laughs> He's going pole to pole. You've got to be careful, baby. (laughs) 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 All right, so he's had a lot of frostbite in his time, but probably his most famous story of uh, frostbite uh, came in the year 2000 when at the age of 56 he attempted to walk solo and completely unsupported to the North Pole. Everything was going well until his sleds with all his stuff fell through weak ice. It was weighed down with 70 days' worth of supplies and equipment, weighed 300 pounds more than he does, it slipped into the sea and became trapped under a slab of ice. He needed it to survive, but to get it out, he had to remove his glove in the freezing minus 63 degrees Celsius temperatures and then plunge his hand into the water to pull it out. Fuck. He instantly knew he was in trouble when he looked down and saw that his fingers were, quote, ramrod stiff and ivory white, <laughs> which sounds like the title of a really good porno. <laughs> w- was that part of his quote? Oh, no. <laughs> I thought he added a little bit of sizzle at the yeah, end. Yeah, no, it. that was a little sizzle. sizzle they call him Twizzle Swizzle. <laughs> uh, his fingers were badly frostbitten and he knew he had to turn back. He was airlifted to Canada where they tried to save his fingers, but the damage was too far gone. Oh. He described the first inch of each finger as being completely mummified. His fingers were assessed by medical experts who told him that they'd have to be amputated, but that he'd have to wait five months to allow the partially damaged tissue halfway down his fingers to heal sufficiently to be made into finger ends. He's like, well, hang on, don't worry, I've got some anisole here ready to go, <laughs> yeah. let me try a bit of that. Some bearded idiot in Melbourne said it's fine to use it for anything. <laughs> oh, hang on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, also... Was he was... talking about you? <laughs> I wasn't listening, sorry. <laughs> uh, the... I felt like I was back at school again. <laughs> I'm learning too much, but I really like this cunt. He's got a hovercraft. That's sick. (laughs) Maybe I should have gone to more classes, Dan. The surgery would also cost £6,000 and his travel insurance refused to pay. Imagine that. He seemed to think that that was was too much money for an operation to save your fingers. For me, I would pay £6,000. What... uh, what 
year are we in, roughly? The year one? 2000. Oh, so oh yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, wow. Just pay the fucking pay money, mate. Pay 6,000 pounds, mate. Come on. I don't, I, like, I, I would I just don't like where this is going. I would just pay. Not Sir Ranoff. Also, he's a sir, a baronet. He went to Eton. He can afford 6,000 pounds, surely. Yeah. But, but it, I just, I, I like him, though. He doesn't like to be, you know... Like taking the piss out of us, you know That's what I mean? Right. Like he's, yeah. he's done. He's travelled around the world. He's been to Thailand. He's been to Koh Samui. He's <laughs> he's haggled from you know Amari to Ozo. He's done them all. He uh, so he was fed up. He found the nerve endings were exposed and his fingers were in intense pain when he ever when he touched something, and he wasn't the only one this was affecting. Quote: My wife said I was getting irritable, <laughs> so we decided we would try to cut them off with a black and decker and a saw. Yes, King. Brett, Brett, Brett's back in. <laughs> Wait, also, it's like the most longest wind-up thing ever. You know, from his, his wife's dad now wins. Like, yeah, try and touch her now, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing? A black what? A black and decker saw. So it's just a brand of saw. Brand it's, a brand of saw. it's pretty reliable. What do you, 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 what do you reckon? Brett? I'd be more of a Makita man, but that's just mm. personal preference. <laughs> sure. But for your fingers, you would use Makita? I'd use Makita. Yeah, yeah. okay. So his wife said, you should chop your fingers off, and that's what they did. He said she had often, she was a bit of a badass as well. She's, she got a polar medal herself. She's a farmer. He said she often performed a similar operation on the hooves of her cattle. So they've got experience, guys. You've got experience. He decided he would do it himself, though. His wife brought him cups of tea as he soared. Can't you just put the cold fingers in the cup of tea and then warm, <laughs> warm it up? Yeah, back if, to good. If only they thought about that. It wasn't quick either. The thumb alone took two days. That should have got a Makita, dude. Straight away. <laughs> Bang! What do Good you saw blades. What do you mean it took two days to cut off one thumb? Well, yeah, he said the bone was really hard to get through. Has he not seen 127 he, wait, hours? Hang on. Now I'm back in. What type of saw is it? Is it a fucking drop saw? That does not take two days. That's straight down. <laughs> But was he got a hand saw? Yeah, but then the tea goes cold. You've got to put it back on the pot. You've got to <laughs> brew a new batch. It's a whole process. <laughs> uh, remember, he's not a surgeon, but his approach was if it hurt or it started to bleed, he was slicing too low and would just adjust the saw so it would cut off only the dead bits. Ah, uh, uh, okay, right. So I, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I speak for a lot of people right now. Well, we're nearly through it, we're nearly through it. Two weeks afterwards, a plastic surgeon at, uh, at a Bristol hospital tidied up his handiwork. Oh, so now he wants to go see a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was like, now you have to fucking act, because oh. I just chopped off my fingers. The wounds healed without incident. And what did he do with his amputated fingers? He keeps them in a rodent-proof box on his desk. Oh, yeah, you know how rats love fingers. <laughs> I know. Uh, he's still alive, age 75. And has done so many amazing things. Can't wait to high-five him. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half, yes! Uh, only 15 years ago, he ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. Just three what? months. Yep. No, 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 no. What? No. Seven marathons in seven At days 70. in seven continents? Yeah. At uh, 70. Uh, that's what was when he was 60. He was 60. That's still wild. And there was three months after suffering an almost fatal heart attack on an airliner, and he went into a coma for three days. Oh, my God. He's climbed Mount Everest, raised millions of pounds for charity, discovered a lost city in Oman. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and also written 25 books along the way. But in an interview with CQ magazine, Ranolf was asked, has there been any point in your life where you've thought, this is the closest I've come to death? 
And I'm thinking, oh yeah, here we go. We'll get some epic story about the Nile or Everest or the Arctic. His response, yeah, on the M4 motorway. <laughs> Clow. <laughs> Falling Brilliant. asleep at the wheel and waking up, luckily just in time. But only just. <laughs> That's Sir Ranulph Fies. Yeah. Wow. How are you feeling there, Jess Perkins? Ah, uh, I'm... That was fucked. That uh, was... But that it's only fingers, though. Like... Oh, yeah, it's only fingers. Yeah, it's... I just didn't want to think about the bone. Anyway, <laughs> well done, Dave. Thank you. It was a good journey. Thanks. Ah, oh, amazing journey. Quite the journey. Spiritually... It, made, it makes me want to read. <laughs> and learn. Wow. I have that effect on people. <laughs> wow. Give it up one more time for Dave Warnicky, everybody. Thank you. Well done. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. I am going to go next. And uh, my question, which I wrote as you guys were walking in, uh, it's a little bit of a, it's a very easy question. So uh, which French former pimp turned efficiency consultant explored the Canadian wilderness in 1934? I mean... I mean, it's it's so obvious, I won't say. I won't say. Monsieur Twizelton? (laughs) An equally, well, not an equally cool name, but still a pretty cool name. Uh, it's Charles Badeau. Oh. oh, that's the thing you clean your ass with, isn't it? <laughs> Close enough. Um, Charles Badeau. Helen Badeau's sister. <laughs> Badeau, it's a wrong, yeah, delete that. Anyway, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Charles Bordeaux was born in Paris in 1886. He dropped out of school at 16 years old. He worked a series of jobs before he befriended Henri Ledeur, who was a successful pimp in Paris. And uh, he taught Bordeaux lessons on proper dress, confidence and street fighting. <laughs> All the things a good pimp needs yeah. to know. Yeah. This podcast is fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> Hoverboards and street fighting. I need to fucking start subscribing to Patreon. <laughs> I am in. Don't let them down. I was staring at the St. Kilda supporter then. 
Don't let him down. Um, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's found this mentor who's teaching him how to dress and be all cool-like. But then his mentor was murdered in 1906. Street oh. fight? Classic. Well, suspiciously, but also in 1906, Charles left France for America. Well, <laughs> you know what? Oh. Pimping ain't easy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he got too good at street Why'd fighting. Why'd you leave Sri Lanka, Dill? Huh? Why, why did you leave Schwenker? Because my pimping business wasn't going well, yeah. so I came here to become an, an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> and how did that go for you? Uh, not good, I got fired. <laughs> and now here I am at the Cosmo Me Podcast yeah. Festival, so it all worked out. But I do have some sex workers, if anyone wants to. Uh, <laughs> some from the old days. <laughs> um, so Charles... I'm just going to move on for you. He became... A United States citizen, he got married, he had a son, uh, who was also named Charles. Come on. Yeah, it's a good name, Charles. There's so many names, though. Don't you, have to pick, you don't have to pick your own. But then he gets the second, and you can say, yeah. oh, like, Le Deux, or whatever the fuck it is in <laughs> French. Le Deux. Um, and then he, uh, he made his fortune. He was mega rich. He made his fortune as an efficiency consultant. Who knows what that is? Probably, uh, probably Dill. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'm at I'll take this one. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, the least efficient way to find out, but go. Yeah, Max sings better. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, because Charles Bordeaux came up with the Bordeaux system of human power measurement, which mm. looks to minimise waste in the economy and society. Oh. So something like that. Anyway... Yada, yada, yada. It's still the street fighting pit. The street yeah. fighting pit. <laughs> we have lost yeah. breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did this guy get boring? Yeah. Fuck. You know, you have Ryu, you have Blanca, and now you have this character. All right, sorry. I uh, <laughs> thought there'd be some Street Fighter video game fans here. And, um, oh, hell yeah. It's just a shit joke then, turns out. Because <laughs> there are fans. They're like, nah, not good enough. <laughs> So it made, him, it made him heaps of money. He was like very, very wealthy. He started his own consultancy business, which actually took off all around the world. Uh, so he's a pretty savvy businessman, but he was not a savvy traveller. In 1934, he formed an expedition to cross the wilderness of northern British Columbia in Canada. He called it the Badoo the Canadian Subarctic Expedition. Catchy. Mm. Mostly, the expedition was a publicity stunt, um, but it was also formed to test out the new Citroen half-track cars that were being developed by his good friend, Andre. <laughs> what, just, like, just some is, guy called Andre? Is he, like, the main Citroen guy? That's yeah. Andre Citroen, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awful car. <laughs> Not a joke, just a fact. Well, <laughs> and this guy proved it. <laughs> um, he fitted out his... Proved it, proved it. <laughs> <laughs> This can't get it. That'll be baffling to the listeners. Yeah, but no, that's, no, that's the best part. Yeah, that's why. Like, why are they laughing Worth at 69? Because <laughs> it's sick. Move on, guys. Um, so, yeah, they were kind of doing it just to, like, publicise this new car. There were these half-track cars. The military were using them where they're, like, front-wheel drive, but the back is all... Hovercraft. Fucked. It's hovercraft. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so he has um, uh, started his... He's fitted out his expedition exactly like you would imagine an eccentric millionaire would. He gathered two limousines, five newly invented Citroën half-tracks, 130 horses. Oh, Matt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's a lot of horse. <laughs> Did he build a barn? <laughs> Was his friend holding it back? Uh, these horses were loaded with all the essentials that you'd need, like... <laughs> How? <laughs> How did they load them? <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> you know your inner monologue is sometimes out here, yeah? Between, <laughs> between hating Dave and you I hating yourself. <laughs> Matt's next. Um, you, you rock up and you're like, they're like, oh, there's your horse. It's, uh, all your supplies are ready to go. You're like, oh, it doesn't even have a saddle. I'm, where, oh, where, this where, horse has everything you yeah. need. <laughs> Where's my sleeping bag? Oh. <laughs> no, these horses were carrying caviar and champagne. You know, important things to take on that's long a, that, expeditions. That's his old pimp style coming back. Yeah, 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 yeah. They also had an entire film crew because they were going to make a movie oh. about it, they reckoned. <laughs> They had a, a couple of scientific surveyors, whatever. He brought his wife, a butler, a valet, a maid-in-waiting, and, of course, his mistress as well. <laughs> Whoa! Because that's what you want, the wife and the mistress. It's not surprising when you think of him as, you know, yeah. in his pimping Odds days. Odds are they wouldn't have bumped into each other. If you've got 160 horses, you know what I mean? That's yeah. She's <laughs> quite a well away. <laughs> so the expedition started uh, off at Edmonton, Alberta, on the 6th of July, and their goal was to travel uh, 1,500 miles or 2,400 uh, 2, k's to Telegraph Creek in British Columbia. Much of the trip would have been made through regions that were relatively uncharted, no trails. Um, and so to map the route the expedition of the expedition, the Canadian government sent along two geographers, Frank Swanell and Ernest Lamarck. So they've got a couple Lamarck. of like, government officials too, but right. really it's just like party central. Yeah. Um, in America, he was known as the Mark. But the Mark, yeah. but Lamarck. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, the day that you're going to take off on a uh, big expedition, you want to start your day right. So, of course, they had a champagne breakfast. Uh, hosted by Edmonton's elite, there was a parade. It was a bit full on. Uh, and that was formally sent off by Alberta's lieutenant governor. They hadn't long been on their journey when it started to rain, and this weather stayed with Oh, fuck, the rain again! <laughs> oh, no. no! We've just dealt with the rain from the outsides, <laughs> and they've ruined this podcast, and now they've ruined this guy's journey. Yeah, but, like, this rain stopped. Theirs didn't for <laughs> pretty much the whole time. <laughs> Things went to hell almost immediately on the champagne safari when the horses kept getting bogged down in the mud and the cars kept malfunctioning as well. What a surprise. Citron, <laughs> once again. <laughs> He, um, he decided to dump the surveying equipment and all of the scientific parts. Yeah, kept the film crew, though. Yeah, oh, big time. <laughs> and the champagne, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly it. He wanted to clear more space for more caviar and so that he could pack formal ballroom attire. Oh. How much caviar can you have, though, like, in a given day? Do you, like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean... Is having you, it at breakfast? When you get used to a certain lifestyle... Yeah, that's true. Fair, fair, fair. Mate, is it good for you? I don't know. It's fish eggs, right? That can't be good. Never well, Let's ask it. the kitchen behind us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a kitchen, so that's helpful. He also decided that um, the cars, the Citroens, were expendable and it would get a bigger sensation if they were destroyed on film rather than simply making the trip intact. <laughs> so he thought it would be better for his friend's brand 
if he destroyed his new product rather than just showing that it could do the thing it was supposed to do. I love that. That's good marketing. That is good marketing. That is good marketing. Uh, so what they did was they put two of the Citrions uh, over <laughs> a 91-metre cliff. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> so fun. They filmed it. And then the other one, they set, set a float on the river and then they were going to blow it up and film it. But it, the dynamite didn't quite work. It didn't blow up, so it just floated away. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, like, I can imagine ah. them going, okay, guys, it's now here it is. Now it is. Nope, not yet. Nope, Come on, uh, guys. No, don't go yet. Don't go yet. <laughs> Fuck. It's yeah. just floating. <laughs> it's just gone. It's 700 metres away. <laughs> so the guys, any minute now, guys. And they're like, everyone turns away and suddenly it happens behind them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, we missed it. They just destroyed three cars. What a piece of shit. Don't lend him anything. Um, so what were the three techniques? It was in the river. One was the... Uh, two two over, over the, the cliff. Over the cliff. Ah, oh, two over the cliff. Two over the cliff. Thelma and Louise off yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. And then one just floating down the river. Mm. But, to be fair, his plan actually did kind of work. And yeah. the Canadian and American newspapers carried the news that, the three, uh, that three of the cars had been lost and that some of the expedition members had barely escaped death in these terrible accidents. <laughs> I'm just glad that he didn't think to get rid of the horses. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the variety Let's of push ways. some horses off a cliff. <laughs> see what Strap happens. Strap dynamite to that one. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's what happens. <laughs> It's so, it's fucked. Um, the party was lauded for its bravery and determination to continue on despite these terrible setbacks, which they did <laughs> to themselves. Anyway, um, <laughs> by mid-September, they reckoned they were just uh, just over two weeks away from their destination. So they, they'd kind of made it. But uh, Frank Swanell, one of the geographers that was sent with them, a.k.a. one of few who had any idea what they were doing, said that they shouldn't go any further because there was heavy snow sending in. Uh, but... That was close enough. They were about uh, 15 days away from uh, where, where they were supposed to finish. And he counted that as a win. <laughs> he was like, we bloody did it. Yeah. You didn't, but okay. Yeah. Well, he called it a win. He called it a win. They headed home. Yeah. And after nearly four months in the wilderness, a party was thrown in honour of their near achievement. <laughs> he's a party. A, yeah, he's a pimp chalice half full kind of guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the party turned out to be one of the biggest celebrations the town had ever thrown for people who didn't do the thing they were set out to do. It's kind of like when I attempt to do Dry July. <laughs> Start partying seven days in. I'm like, yeah, baby, I made I it! I did it! You got the king! Uh, and that's basically it about him. The only other thing to mention is that um, a little bit later on, he got really into Nazis. Anyway... Oh! Again, it's about the journey and not the it's destination. About the journey. Why did you mean he got into Nazis? Oh, no, nah, he just... was just arrested for treason and killed himself. It's fine. <laughs> How, did he try to blow himself up, but he just floated away? <laughs> <laughs> and that's my report on Charles Badeau. Jess Perkins, yeah. Uh, Matt, it's time to bring us home. Yeah, great. <laughs> I've been holding on, uh, just listening. That was thick with info. <laughs> I feel like Brett's sort of come in and taken my character and done it better on this show. <laughs> Are you... What, what do you mean character? Like a... I'm actually a real suave motherfucker, normally. <laughs> <laughs> this, is all, this is all a bit I'm doing. And all right. 
<laughs> my question, I'll, I'll do my report now. Yeah, great. Great. My question is, which Australian cricketer was nicknamed the keg on legs? Is it Booney? Booney, it is yeah. Booney. Oh, oh he's only doing the 52 beers. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. No yeah. one ever gets the question right. Well done. <laughs> And I'm in a Sri Lankan cricket job. Fuck, I had an Australian one. I should have worn that as well. So, how do, how do you... So, it's a story about drinking on a plane. What do you like with drinking on a plane? Uh, normally just stick to soda water. <laughs> <laughs> never, never passed out on a plane and uh, had my foot stuck out in the aisle with rigor mortis. And then the drinks cart lady ran it over 17 times because they couldn't wake me up. You know what you get? Get a saw and then just cut it off <laughs> two days at a time. Yeah, I would have fucking done it properly though. None of that, <laughs> that hacksaw job. <laughs> two days. <laughs> He's still on the flight. Yeah. <laughs> People are vacuum cleaning. He's like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so I'll give I'll, for internationals and others who aren't old enough to know Booney. I'll give you a, a quick bio and then I'll get into the story. So his full name: David Clarence Boone. It's another beautiful name. That is a beautiful name. He was born on the 29th of December 1960 to parents Clary and Leslie Boone in Launceston, <laughs> Tasmania. He was identified as a talent at a young age and was playing first class cricket for Tasmania when he was only 17 years old. From there he went on to have an illustrious career in the Australian national team, scoring 7,422 tests, runs. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. Jesus. He played. He really every... paused on the runs, and I was like, wow, is he still playing? <laughs> he played every test ever. <laughs> he scored 21 hundreds from 107 tests. But I'm not here to talk about his on-field work, but rather his exploits in the air. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, this is, this is more the real me. I'm a bit of a poet. Um, wordsmith? Yep. Yeah. Thank you. An artist. Yes. I thought you said bananas. Both are true. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you're, you're telling us David Boone's not secretly an explorer? No. Okay. Um, but he does go on a... a what, wait, what was the topic? It was... Journey. Yeah, this counts. It's about a, yeah, a, a flight. It's a flight. That's a journey. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Nobody I'm, said I think you need to stop fighting, you boys. Come on. This is a fun <laughs> podcast. Let each other finish I feel like I'm just trying to give it context here. Okay, great. Yeah. No, I think you should fight. Street fight. And I'll get bread to a junior. Yeah. Uh, street fight like M. Bison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a reaction that time. All right. <laughs> Ar Ariukin. Is that anything? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Ariukin? <laughs> That sounds like a charity yeah, like for mental health. Are you Rukin? Hadouken, isn't it? Oh, maybe. Hadouken. Kids at primary school used to say that to each other, and I nodded along. Are <laughs> <laughs> Rukin to you too? <laughs> Arigato. Hadouken. <laughs> so the record was. Uh, have I mentioned it's a record? So the, this flight he goes on was a world record flight, and it was from Sydney to London. The record was for most beers drunk on a flight, and it had been set in 1983 by Rod Marsh at 45 cans of VB. On, and then on the 30th of April, 1989, six years later, just past the 30th anniversary of this, this big occasion in Australian history, <laughs> on a Qantas flight via Singapore, the keg on legs set out to break this record. <laughs> Boone himself doesn't like talking about the events. He didn't mention it at, at all in his biography. Because he couldn't fucking remember it. 
Yeah, I had like three and then it was a bit hazy, but yeah, sick. But if, if anyone ever asked him about it, he's really short uh, in reply. In 2006, he said, if people haven't got something else to talk about, they have led a fucking boring life. He always tries to shut down the conversation. Yet here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only thing worth mentioning <laughs> of his career. Luckily for us, his Australian teammates love talking about it. Oh, right. They must have led boring fucking lives. Um, uh, genuinely, they would have, I suppose. Cricketers. Do we have um, some stats as to uh, how long the, the, the flight from, uh, was it Sydney to Singapore? Sydney to, uh, and then Singapore to London? Uh, yes. So what's the total hours in the it's air? It's about, uh, about 24, just short of. Also right, including the stopover in Singapore? No, he's only in the air cans counted. He had a oh. few drinks before getting on the plane. Yeah, you need counted. to hydrate before. Yeah. Sure. But I'd question, I'd question the legitimacy of this record or legitimacy of this record because if you are not in first class, there's no way you can get that many fucking cans. Mate, he's I've a fucking... tried, trust me. They, cut, they, t they cut you off, they slow you down. He's an elite sportsman yeah. in the air, so I'm pretty sure I know, you would have been I'm up saying in the record, not, a normal person, i.e. me, could not attempt that record. <laughs> a a povkant. Yes, povkant. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, how is that a record? What? Right. Well, I guess I'm, now I'm passionate. It's not funny. I'm just annoyed that they won't let me do it. <laughs> we should set this up. Oh, maybe not. I, what, do, do you, before you can, sorry, Matt, how many do you reckon you could smash in a row on a journey? What was his? Ba 52 cans. Well, I mean, oh, we're skipping ahead yeah. here, Dill. There's be a honest, drive. Oh. <laughs> but, oh. Allegedly. Oh, sorry. I, I said it at the top as well. <laughs> yeah, and I've moved on, but you've really started <laughs> off. <laughs> sorry, it is such a, like, for me, uh, call me un-Australian. The opposite, sorry. Call me Australian. Because <laughs> I'm like, everyone knows that stat, surely, yeah, no, right? True. No? Yeah. Okay, fuck. But I was gonna Dave, say, you would have been well aware of Booney's work. Oh, absolutely. It's part of our national anthem, I believe. Maybe this is it, because it was one of the questions on the citizenship test when I got my Australian <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, his teammates love talking about it, still do. So most of the story's been written down. Uh, pace bowler Carl Rackerman remembers... That Rackerman? The... Rackerman? Rackman? Is it not Rackerman? No, no, I think so. That I sounded think. wrong. Yeah. And then now I doubt myself. <laughs> and also Brett You're Blake really... just went rack and You're he right, got fired yeah. up. Rackerman. Carl Rackerman remembers that the 89 tour was the first time the Australians toured overseas in business class. Ah. Much, yeah. <laughs> 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 ah. It's the cut of the air. <laughs> Triple M's Nick Cody is excited about that. <laughs> there was upstairs and downstairs on the jumbo. This he is was in his nightgown. <laughs> Downstairs was the team management, Alan Border, the captain, Jeff Marsh, Marsh the vice-captain, Bob Simpson, the coach, and Laurie Saul, uh, who was the chairman of selectors. Upstairs was Boone getting stuck <laughs> into the tins. And according to Rackerman, there were about six teammates who lined up to be his pacemakers on a roster system to keep him going. Oh, <laughs> now that's wow. the Australian yes. spirit. <laughs> I love that mateship. Oh, yeah. That right there, that's mateship. <laughs> Put it in an IV bag and get it down, cunt. <laughs> the separation between Boone and team management was important as the captain and coach frowned upon overindulgence. <laughs> he was already the fattest bloke ever to play sport. <laughs> no, no, we had our junior run Tunga. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> And that's, uh, you can't have a runner just because you're a fat cunt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you know something about yeah. sport. Cricket's all right. <laughs> 
You said you played cricket in uh, in school. Oh, okay. I told and Dil this story the other day. I was selected for my uh, year eight high school cricket team. And uh, the, uh, how many normally play? How many players do they normally select? Okay. So usually there's eleven on the field, and then there's the twelfth man who subs mm. in as the fielder. They created the position of thirteenth man <laughs> because they felt sorry for me. To be fair, they needed to see the twelve and a half man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I basically just gave the other guys waters all day. <laughs> Would you have been able to hold the bat? Well, they put me into bat. Uh, <laughs> they put me into bat once. I made two runs, so almost accidentally, because I just swung and it just hit. And, and then uh, the, the next ball, I was clean bowled. And I was the only one of the team who didn't play weekend cricket, so I didn't have a box. Uh, so and I just nor did you need one. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. I just got, so the, I got the thigh pad and I was just wearing it like. A Wait, <laughs> you played without the box? Yeah. What? Yeah. And you are a daredevil, my friend. Thank you. Wow, right. Jesus. <laughs> and as I said the other night, now I'm horribly infertile, so <laughs> it did not work out well. <laughs> Sorry, please do go on. <laughs> he said the name of the podcast. Oh, can you believe it? Wow. We need to go back to the future. <laughs> Fast bowler Jeff Lawson kept score on the back of a sick bag. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like Dilly's a teetotaler. So we know the numbers are reliable. It was a slow and steady start with Boone accompanied by Merv Hughes and Mark Tubby Taylor. Mm. <laughs> Talking about being a fat guy, the whole team was a fat guy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except Dennis Lilly, he's hot. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just reliving the good old and classic Aussie cricket days. Victorian batsman Dean Jones soon joined and the pace lifted. Jones... Jones drank cans with Boone for a long stint, apparently going can for can with him for about 20-odd cans before passing out. Wow. And, he, yeah, he slept up at the feet of the coach, I think. I don't know what the coaches were thinking at that point, but... Um, Booney forged on, and with strong moral support from teammates like Hughes Rackerman, Tom Moody, and vice-captain and good mate Jeff Marsh. Boone passed the record... Uh, <laughs> All right, that sentence doesn't make sense, but that's okay. Um, look at me, figure it. Boone passed the record with time to spare. That mean, yep. But he didn't stop there and drank all the way till the plane touched down at Heathrow and the count, you might be surprised to find out. <laughs> <laughs> On the back of Jeff Lawson's sick bag was 52. Yes, that's a Woo! round of applause. Fuck yes. Or about 19 and a half litres. Fuck, that is wild. <laughs> How many litres? 19 and a half. What's the most you've ever drank in a day? Yep. Beers. Um, look, I'm not in a toxic masculinity sort of <laughs> one-upman. There was beer. A, it's not a pissing contest, mate. There was a trip it's from... Because uh, you're a big beer drinker. So. Yeah, no, I, I'd never 52, I promise you that. Back in my drinking days, there was a trip that my mates and I did from Melbourne to Wilson's Prom, which I believe is a four-hour trip, and uh, there was a challenge set to see how many beers I could have on that trip. Uh, no one asked me to do it, I just thought, I'll have a crack. <laughs> and I got through 18 cans of VB and one Jägerbomb. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Yep, I have a drinking problem. And I fell out of the car and I cracked my ribs and I couldn't... Uh, I had to... So for the four-day trip, I had to spend the night in the car upright, sleeping, because I couldn't lie down. Because if I lied, lay down, my, my ribs would hurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, um, drinking is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it all along, dudes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I get it. 
By the way, can I break the fourth wall a bit? Uh, those two girls were not part of the podcast festival, were they? No, right. There were two random, just random girls who decided to like sneak oh. in. And See, yeah, someone told me that they're, they're no, Russian. No, I said random, not I didn't say what. They were Russian. Someone Russian. told me that their English was not amazing. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It was How good is that? They've just, they've just gone, David Byrne, I've got to take this information back to Moscow. That is... <laughs> wow. They're, they're about to go on a very interesting journey themselves. <laughs> I can't believe they put up with three reports. <laughs> <laughs> three. <laughs> They're like, we know this story even. Yeah. This has reached Russia, yeah, this, this one. Boring. They were so close to the end of the destination. A lot like whatever that Jess said about her journey person. Anyway, I don't remember the name. I didn't pay attention. The joke still works. Fuck off, cunts. I like, the, I like journey person instead of explorer. I think that should take off. Journey person. He's cute. a journey like person. Badoo, Badoo. That was the guy. Badoo, yes. According to future captain Steve Waugh, not all the sick bags fared so well, saying, the very instant we pulled up at our allotted gate, backup wicketkeeper Tim Zora lurched forward and filled up his sick bag to christen the tour. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that nice? Yeah. According to Rackerman, as they were coming into London, the pilot gave his normal welcome to Heathrow announcement, and then he says... Good luck to the Australian cricket team, who are already off to a good start, and congratulations to David Boone <laughs> for breaking the Australia to England beer drinking record. <laughs> the passengers applauded, much like that, uh, but also the coach heard the announcement. So the jig was up. Uh, Boone was fined five grand, which is a lot of money in 89, and put on probation. Captain <laughs> Killjoy. <laughs> Apparently he didn't show any great signs of intoxication until he tried to get up and walk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how was he... I mean, he must have broken the seal at some point. Yeah. Oh. How was he weeing that entire time if he wasn't walking? That's what the teammates were helping him with, I guess. <laughs> That's when the 12th man really comes in. <laughs> yeah. It's a water break and he just shows up with all the bottles. Uh, Steve Waugh said... Jeff Marsh realised his great mate's predicament and grabbed his arm and weekend at Bernie's style escorted him through customs oh. and into our bus to begin a recuperation that included a couple of days' sleep. Over there, apparently he slept for 36 hours and missed two training sessions. <laughs> <laughs> the coach wanted to keep the story from the media but soon after landing, Murph Hughes was straight in on a phone interview with Australian Radio, excitedly recounting what had just occurred. <laughs> saying, the big news is that Booney cracked the first 50 of the tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great gag. When the coach heard the interview, Hughes remembers that he got in more trouble than Boone. <laughs> Said he, he was shitting himself that he was going to be sent home, but he wasn't. And the heavy drinking didn't seem to affect the Australian team on the field as they won the series 4-0, <laughs> with Boone scoring 442 runs at an average of 55.25. So he had a sick wow. tour. If he, if he really wanted to make it poetic, he should have got an average of 52. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The same year, Boone was awarded an MBA, or Member of the British Empire, in recognition of his sporting achievements, apparently, but... <laughs> mm. We I mean, all really know. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Queen, oh yeah. Finally, I, I feel like Brett might appreciate this. Uh, finally, when Ian Chappell, uh, who was an Australian cricketer who retired about 10 years before this game, heard the story of Boone's flight, he was unimpressed. 
Having retired uh, 10 years prior, Chapel commented, what is the world going to think? That Australia has become a namby-pamby nation which doesn't know how to drink? For God's sake, in my day, 58 beers between Sydney and London would virtually have classified you as a teetotaler. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Ian Chapel said that. He's usually the grumpy, yeah. straight shooting guy. Not in 89. Yeah. He was a, he was a French pimp back then. <laughs> <laughs> That almost makes sense as a callback. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's the end of the report. Let's get on Matt Stewart and David. Boom! Uh, what a journey. Great what stuff, Matt. Great, great stuff. So that does pretty much bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much uh, for coming out, giving us... Thank you. Your lovely applause. Thank you. It has been. It's been so nice to be welcomed in by the dumb, dumb people. I know you're not used to people being nice, but it has been very nice. Uh, to ha it's been so cool to be involved. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, yeah you've been... You. And thank you guys for having me and Brady on for this podcast. Oh, it's been really, much. really fun. And, uh, I'm glad we got to introduce Brett to learning. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it can be fun. I have a funny feeling I might forget it all very soon. <laughs> Uh, Brett and Dill, you both have your own uh, podcast. Dill, yes, I have a podcast called uh, Fitbet Podcast, which is uh, any listeners here? Yay! All so, right. do go on, listeners, if you can hear that cheer. That is not manufactured. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a podcast where me and my friend, uh, who were both uh, we're both 120 kilos each, and we had a bet to lose, uh, uh, get under 100 kilos for a thousand dollars. And it originally just covers our journey of losing the weight, and then it's now got a whole bunch of great, ama amazing guests, including cricketer uh, Andrew Freddie Flintoff was oh. one of the guests we had, so and cool. um, it was really exciting. So yeah, please check that out. Awesome. Great stuff. And uh, Brady Blake, you've uh, got your pod too. Yeah, it's called uh, Worst First Dates. Uh, we've gone. On, yeah, go on shit dates, talk about shit stuff, and man, I'm the worst for plugging stuff. But yeah, it's, it's a very great podcast. You recently had Judith Lucy yeah, on. Yeah, Judith You've had Lucy on Lachlan. there, talking about uh, yeah, dating and like everything that's fucked in your life. It's, it's, good, <laughs> yeah. fun. it's, good, it's a good fun. It's a good podcast. Very popular, very fun. Bloody good stuff. So check those out. And uh, so let's give Brett and Dill a massive round of applause. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. And uh, before we go, one final note, we'd just like to say a massive round of applause and, for, and a big thank you to uh, Carl Chandler and Tommy Deslo from yeah. the Little Dundrum Club for inviting us here. <laughs> and organising what is an insane festival. What a crazy idea, but they've really pulled it off three years in a row and it was an absolute pleasure to be a part of it. So we really do appreciate yeah, them having us and you guys coming out and as Matt said, just being such awesome people. So thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh, that's the end of our episode. Until next week, I guess we'll say thanks for having us and uh, goodbye. Later. Set cop, cop and calm. Cop and calm. And we're back in the studio for another outro to another episode <laughs> of Do Go On. So nice to be back here in the freezing cold of Melbourne, oh, yeah, Australia. Not, well, my sunburn is still reminding me of the fun that we had. Oh, yeah, you two got a little burnt. I did not. You did not slander my good name. Oh, the no, you didn't actually. The sunscreen. spent so much time in the pool, the, I assumed. The sunscreen I applied. I reckon I was the only one, apart from you, Matt, because you weren't in the pool as much. Um on the whole trip, really, of the comedians there who didn't get burnt. That's probably fair, yeah. Kappa and Blake, uh, Brett Blake, who we just heard on the episode there, absolutely red as a lobster. Oh, so and red. So huge. The clock I was is in ticking. Parts. Melanoma clock is counting down I on got Brett Blake's top face. of my feet.
Because it's areas that don't see a lot of sun. The areas, like my arms and stuff were fine. Right. It was top of my feet and my boobs because I was topless sunbathing. I wasn't at all. I was wearing bathers. I went with. I'm like, I don't remember that. It feels like someone would have mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) My secret is I went with three bottles of sunscreen and I came back with one. You put on that much sunscreen. But I did get out of the pool and put on more sunscreen. Obviously, I just I'd left it too late in that between the gap between the first application of sunscreen and getting out of the pool. Well, we're having daiquiris. It was a nice day. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying. I'm fondly remembering that trip. It was a real. I I really remember it really fondly as well. Mm, I think yeah. I, I I went in with no expectations. Yeah. But I just had a really lovely time. And the audience was so nice. Yeah. Mm. Great bunch of comedians. We had a great time. Yeah. Met met a bunch of. Um, do go honors for the first time, which was yeah, cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, from all over the world, yeah. which was really nice. Mainly Australia, but there were Americans there. Met an Ohioan. Yes. Who had been listening to the show but had no idea who I was. <laughs> someone, someone, <laughs> I was talking to her. She was lovely. And I had, like, no worries that you don't know who I am. I wasn't at <laughs> all. But she, someone else came up to me and goes, holy shit, it's him or something like that. And she went, wait, who are you? <laughs> I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm I'm doing the other podcast. Not I'm not on the Dum Dum Club. I'm on the other podcast. Do go on. I'm one of the hosts on that." And she's like, "Oh, I listen to that. <laughs> Which one are you?" <laughs> I'm Jess. <laughs> That's great. She was really funny. That is fantastic. And she's from Ohio. Yeah, Cleveland specifically. I think. So you Couldn't know, she's, she's a good egg. It was so cool to meet an Ohioan. Mm. Oh, we love that. Oh yeah, met some California, cool Californians as well. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed we, the show. So, fantastic hanging with everyone there. We've got to do a, a shout out to Stephen Edmonds, who actually suggested journeys. Oh yes, and we were there with him mm. in Thailand. Yeah, and I even told him before the show. I was, he 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 told me, "Oh, I'm the one who suggested that." And I said, "Mate." We'll hook you up with a sweet shout out. But then in the <laughs> chaos of doing the live show and the and moving venues, yeah. I totally forgot. I'm really sorry. It, and it was cool to hang out with you. He's, he's a lovely man. He's um, a guy I've spoken to on Twitter a, uh, a bunch, but only at after one of our Melbourne live shows did I realise who he was because his avatar is the Lego. Is Lego. <laughs> yeah. And he kept posting photos of us <laughs> yeah, from the cause, audience. Because he takes good and photos. And I slowly figured out yeah, based on the position. <laughs> And then it was after the last episode. I'm like, it's you, <laughs> Lego man. <laughs> or no, maybe yeah, he came and maybe even broke it to me because I tweeted at him. I'm like, I'm gonna figure out who you are. <laughs> who are I'm you? I'm gonna find you. Thanks for these photos. And mate. he was like, ah, funny and whimsical. You're <laughs> like, I will find you. So yeah, thank you, Stephen. Yeah, appreciate that. Great. And I'm just trying to find the the la uh, the other. Ep- uh, live episode we did was also a Patreon suggestion. Yes, that's it's... right. Yeah, and I, uh, I've just got to scroll back to find it. Maybe you start talking. Okay, fantastic. Well, Matt, why Matt is. I love this is talking. This is talking to you. Yeah, that's how I talk. Well, I'll talk and say. Thanks to everyone who's already listened this far into the show. And thanks to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. You, we were heading into our Patreon section of the show where we uh, dedicate a few shout-outs and things mm. to our Patreon supporters. And if you want to be one of those, you can go to patreon.com slash pod. And in exchange for your your support, your pledges, you can get 
two bonus episodes a month that no one else hears at a certain level. We'll give you a shout out. We've got a Facebook group that uh, that Matt is scrolling through right now and it's so <laughs> active that it's taking him ages to go. That's how right. many post people put it's in there. It's a very fun group. Yeah, it's great. And uh, we'll give you a shout out, which we're going to get to in a minute. And we've also got our fact, quote, or question section of the podcast. Oh, that's right. I think you mean fact, quote, or question. Ding. All right, I'm going to have to keep scrolling in a second. First, let's do the fact, <laughs> quote, or question. This week's fact, quote, or questioner is Jacob Lane. So the fact, quote, or question segment is if you support us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash do go on pod mm-hmm. and uh, support us on the Sydney Scheinberg Memorial level. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, and each week we read one of them out. Um and you also get to give yourself a title. So, Jacob Lane, thanks so much for supporting us and uh, writing in with a fact this week. Oh, thank you, Jacob. Mm. He's given himself the title of the official Simpsons reference auditor of the podcast. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, hopefully everything's been above board so far. I don't Have we done any this week? I can't remember. Because uh, it was in, in Thailand two weeks ago. <laughs> I yeah, don't, I hard remember. to know. Uh, but his fact is this. And I, I'm always reading it out for the first time. So mm. if if it sounds like I'm fumbling, I'm, you know, I can read, <laughs> just not that well. Uh, his fact is, did you know that Elmo, the Muppet slash puppet, is the only non-human to testify before the U.S. Congress advocating funding for music education programs? What? I did not know that. That is cool. That's a great fact. That is a very fun fact. Thank you so much, Jacob Lane. Do you reckon... He sang it. I hope so. Yeah. I hope he was tickled as he said it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have more musical education. And here are the facts. Here's a whole bunch of stats. That's a that's a great fact. That Jacob is wild. Lane. Thank and, you, Jacob Lane. And to you, I say a purple monkey dishwasher. And please, yeah, do keep us updated on how uh, the Simpsons references are going, and uh, if everything has been above board, which I really do <laughs> hope it has. Um. But then the other part of the uh, Patreon section of the show, we like to thank a few other patrons. So I think from uh, maybe is it the BJ Cooper or some level lower than that? It's not BJ, is it? DB Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> BJ <laughs> Cooper. BJ, I think it's something else. Um, <laughs> good mate of mine and uh, good cover. And <laughs> Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Your good friend. Billy Joel Cooper. Let's go, Billy Joe. Um, but we also thank a few uh, Patreons. Mm. And Jess normally comes up with a little game based on the episode. And... Which was Journeys just then. If we have yeah, to cast our minds journeys. back. So which... how many, um, how many, and I know people listening just heard this, but how many beers did Booney drink? 52, if 52. you're listening to Dill. Spoil it early in the report. <laughs> Twice. So <laughs> he came up to me and apologised and I said, mate, was, honestly, not a problem at all. That's that Matt trying to milk a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was just a little bit of a fun. It's really fine. But Brett also came up and apologised because I said at some point, I'm like, oh, Brett's just doing my character only better. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just me trying to make a joke of the fact that he's sort of like a bit of a dopey bogan who... Um, Is that how you see yourself? Isn't that, isn't that who I am? No. What am I? You are the backbone of this podcast. What? Are you saying Dopey Bergen's coming back? I thought you are more of a dumb shit loser. <laughs> and that's how we that's, keep you grounded. That's a lot harsher. <laughs> Dopey Bergen almost feels like it's a term of endearment. Yeah, that's endearment. Dave and I are kind of like an alley-oop. Like, I really raise you up. 
I pick yeah. you up, oh, 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 and Dave just Ooh, slams you right down. I will slam you through that hoop and break your ego. <laughs> oh, I think I finally found this um, uh, this part of the Facebook group. Mm. So, yes, Stephen Edmonds can confirm. He suggested uh, the God, stories not, of crazy journeys. He was not lying to me next to the pool. <laughs> uh, and also the dumb deaths suggestion um, was from Bron Livesy. Oh, Bron, well done. Great work, Bron. Sorry. Thanks, Bron. Sorry I didn't shout out to you. Okay, so for today, know. what if we did something like uh, on a flight, what what would they consume 52 of? Right, okay, so instead of beers. <laughs> or not instead of beers. Yeah, it could be beers. Oh, just a he, type of beer. He drank VBs. Maybe it's a different kind of beer. Yeah, maybe it's, a, it's more of a craft beer. Maybe it's a European beer. We're normally inspired by their name as well, is that? That's not always, but not always, but it might it might come about this well, time. Can I kick it off? Please. I'd love to thank Dave. Is VA Virginia? Yeah, I'd love to thank from Ashland, Virginia, in America, the United States, Dave Bedard or Bedard. Dave B- Bedard hoisted Bedard. on his own Bedard. <laughs> Still well, don't but, know what a petard is. Does well, anyone know? No idea. I don't know what you're referencing. Oh, it's a phrase, hoisted by your own petard. I don't think it is. Or was it from old country? <laughs> yes. It's, okay. It's definitely an old saying. One of the words isn't even a real word days. anymore. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, all right. What could Dave have consumed 52 of? 52 lobster Ooh. dishes. Lobster dishes. Dishes. So they're all different. Oh. But lobster is a key ingredient in all 52. Can you think of 52? Can you think of like three ways you could serve lobster? Lobster brisk. Uh, raw. Oh, dear, that's a bad idea. Um, fried. Don't go the raw prawn with me, <laughs> which is another saying. Oh, my God. Stop fried, saying all these olden days. Fried things. lobster. <laughs> fried lobster. Uh, that's three. Do you eat lobster? Uh, no. <laughs> I've never ate lobster. It's one of the things never I missed ate it. In, my, in my meat days. I've never ate lobster. I never ate lobster. Not Don't you said. question me. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> this hasn't been recorded. <laughs> oh. yeah. um, lobster he, dishes. Because I, I get the feeling that in Virginia they only travel in first class. Yeah, fair 50, enough. Lobster's all they eat. So 52. Dave 52. has consumed 52 different lobster, lobster dishes <laughs> on a flight. Amazing. Lobster di- well, And also I've just quickly looked it up. Uh, this is from a fussy website, Wikipedia. Shakespeare's phrase, you oh, book nerd. Oh, sake. here we go. Hoist here. with his own petard is an idiom that means to be harmed by one's own plan okay. or uh, to harm someone else. Well, or, why can't we or, just move on? Why, does, why do you trap. have to derail by Googling all the time? Why can't we just live in the moment well, and now say- move on with... So, okay, I'm saying it's an olden day phrase, and then you've gone, aha, uh-huh, it's Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, so, the, the most modern of all the poets. Yeah, so I mean, you just. Well, that was more for Dave. Man. Dave was making me feel like an idiot, like it wasn't a real thing. Does it say and what, he's a big Shakespeare boy. Does it say what Shakespeare it's from? Yeah, the one, one of the plays. The, the play that he did. The play, Dave, not the, not the screenplay, like so many of his other work. Anyway, thank you to Dave. Um, and I hope you enjoyed your 52 dishes of lobster. I Hamlet. Heard of that? One of the yeah. big ones. Yeah, I've even done it on book cheat. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, check it out. Mace, so Joel Dusha on that one. Fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, 52 lobster dishes. I, uh, I wish you luck. That's even harder than a beer, I reckon. Yeah, oh, that, definitely. you That's, were definitely spewing. Dead. Yeah, you're dead. But anyway, thank well, you. Actually, like, to be honest, most people... Eating 52 of anything will probably spew. Yeah, definitely. Unless it was 
from Richmond in Victoria. Billy, I'm at, I'm at Neeks. Bile, I'm at Neeks. Billy, I'm at Neeks. I'm going to say that's still Billy. Billy, I'm at Neeks. Yeah. Because uh, Billy, it will not spew because they're going to eat 52 M&Ms. Oh, oh. Well played. That's probably a pretty good portion size. Yeah. Two an hour for, for, for a long six flight. hours. Yeah. Two yeah. an hour for 26 hours. Yeah. <laughs> you just went by like weeks, didn't you? Like weeks of the year? No, I just divided by two because I like maths. <laughs> nerd. For an hour for 13 hours. <laughs> Fuck off, nerd. <laughs> Eight every six and a half oh, hours. Oh, you suck. Richmond, Victoria, which is where the MCG is, the home of Aussie Rules football. Yeah, just down the road from me. Now, M&M's, peanut, plain, crispy or some other. I am crispy all the way. I'll, I'm a crispy fan as well, but I, I think... think because it's rarer? Is, is it because it's rarer? Yeah, maybe. You don't and get them as much. There is something There's something about that texture as well. Crispy's mm. good. Peanut butter M&M's. Oh, oh, I'm here for that 100%. They're very difficult to get in Australia. Yeah, they are. They, you can find them. There's actually a little convenience store on Swanston Street that has them. So in often, Richmond? Often. It's no. not Swan. Swanston. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so sometimes when I'm walking home, especially late at night, I'm heading for the train station. I'm heading for the tram. And I walk past that place. I'm like, well, i got to use a little snack. Get yeah. a little snack for the tram. So you get peanut idea. butter M&M's. I fucking love them. They're a little bit salty. Billy, if you could let us know, what's your M&M of choice? Yeah. What's your flavour? flying city Tell to England. Tell me what's your flavour. Thank yeah. you. Um, may I also thank some people, please? Please. please. Two, if you will. Uh, all right. I'd like to thank from Vancouver in Canada. Whoa. Uh, I'd like to thank Rory Coomey. Ah, the Coom. I love the name Rory. Rory's great. Rory's Coomie's so good. Coomey's amazing. Coom. Okay, Rory. Coomie. What does Rory strike you as having a bit of a taste for? Uh, energy drinks. Oh, 52 oh, energy drinks. Okay, so Rory's dead as well. You're, yeah, yeah. you're signing Rory's death. I keep killing my, um, the people I'm giving food <laughs> Rory's to. Rory's heart gives up mm-hmm. uh, about halfway through that. At a point, your heart stops and then you keep drinking and it starts again, yeah, surely. Okay, have, so just have, persevere. Have I ever told you when I first went to – no, second time I went to London – I was oh, there. Yeah. Oh, we've heard this. Oh, we've heard this. Sorry. On this I, don't, I don't know if it's been on the show, but uh, the worst remember. hangover you've ever had? Yeah. I, I, th- I think it was the oh. second day I was there. <laughs> Maybe it was the first day. <laughs> yeah. And we went out and they, we went to this shitty um, pub club. And just, you know, when you're in that mood, it's like, wow, we're in this other place. I've got a two-month holiday coming up. Let's see what happens. And I went up and I said, let's start, let's start this night off with a bang. And I was there with my mate and I said, uh, two... Vodka Red Bulls. <laughs> and the bartender goes, Double vodka Red Bulls are cheaper. <laughs> and I How said, is that possible? And I said, universe. Okay, make it four double vodka Red oh Bulls. Oh my God. And then by the time I'd finished so those, gone from pr- two to eight shots suddenly. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. And I hadn't even considered that. But um, so that's all I drank for the rest of the night rounds of four double vodka Red Bulls. And we were there for hours. So I had. Both, oh. I would have had vodka, alcohol, um, sugar, and caffeine mm. overdoses probably that night, and I've never felt so ill. Uh, I cried in the cab on the way home. <laughs> on the on the way, what, you're on already, the way back feel, to the you're already feeling ill at the end of the night. Well, we could not find the accommodation. My mate fell asleep, and we were driving around in circles because their addresses in I say that weird. Their addresses. Oh, I say that weird again. Their addresses. Yeah, you were right the first time. <laughs> Their addresses are, are weird in London. They're real long and specific, but I was missing a key bit of information, so it meant that it could have been in multiple places. Oh, oh, it's and worst. why were you crying? Because I was off my chops. But also, hadn't you only just got there? 
Yeah. So you jet lagged as shit as well. And just That's delirious no and um, confused and like, this is a nightmare. And I just broke down and broke me in half. It's <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> very funny. And yeah, the next day I was, I remember being on a bus and I went up to the driver. I'm like, you got to let me off. I'm going to spew. And he goes, he just pointed at the ground at my feet. He said, go on then. What a what? strange thing to and do. Did you oblige? I'm like, I just, something about that pressure meant that I no longer needed to spew. I got off at the next stop and spewed in a bin. But <laughs> anyway, why, why, why are we on a bus? To... Why don't you just stay in bed? We're going to try and go see a movie to try and feel a bit better. But... And how long before you drank alcohol again after that? Well, I reckon um, it was later that tr- I tried soon after because I was young and dumb. Mm. Didn't realize my body just needed a long break. Um, so I tried. It was just like razor blades. Yeah. For ages, and it wasn't until I was on a ship on the way to the Greek islands. Fuck that. I was I was on the way to Athens, maybe, and um, and I had a beer, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this tastes ooh. good. <laughs> beer, eh? And but for some reason, the day before, razor blades, but that day going to the Greece, Greek islands, and hey, okay, it was it was fine. about the sea air. Wait, what was the question? What was I answering there? No, I was oh, just talking the, about Rory. Could you drink 52 energy, energy drinks like Rory did? I wonder how many I had that night. I reckon I would have had less than 52, but I would have had 20 or something, like a stupid amount. Yeah, it's too much. Or that they're probably only half cans each time, so maybe maybe 10 or whatever. But you reckon you had 20 double shots of vodka? I think so, yes. Close to two bottles. That can't be right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, honestly, my memory of a lot of that night is, is sketchy. And only that's not only because it was 100 years ago. Um, but anyway, thank you to Rory and sorry for killing you. Um, and sorry for that anecdote, Rory. I'd also like to thank, if I may, from New York. Ah, the, the city that never sleeps. The, the state that never sleeps. States of America. I'd like to thank Kaylee Mayer. Maha. Mr. Maha. 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 I reckon it's Maya. How do you reckon that is? I want it to be Maha. Maha. Like they've just Maha. had an idea. Maha. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. Knowing me, knowing you. Maha. Maha. Great reference. Oh, my God. Such a good reference. I don't think I've ever been as proud of you. Thank Maha. you. Now, what's Kaylee consuming? Kaylee. 52. Krispy Kreme donuts. Whoa. Yeah, that's good. You what's do that? see them on the planes or used to. Because yeah. you couldn't get it in certain states of Australia. So some people would buy six on the way home. Oh, they'd buy like two. Like Melbourne to Tassie. They'd buy two 50 trays. of them. They'd buy like the big boxes right. and buy a couple of them and take them home to their friends. And it's how rid- like a very average donut. And how ridiculous it is that you can get them in literally every 7-Eleven. They have a deal now where you yeah. can get, to get them. So they're everywhere. But people yeah. used to bring them on the plane. And Kaylee couldn't wait. Yeah. Kaylee yeah. had them all. 52. And then uh, Kaylee's family were like... Did you bring those donuts? He said, oh, no. I got donut packets. Yeah. I've got you I got all the, a donut packet. They were all out of donuts, but I have the box yeah. that they came Which in. Which is kind of what you all wanted anyway, it's right? It's really what uh, traveling is all about, seeing packaging. I think we can all agree. I Thank you so. to Kaylee. Kaylee Maha is a great name. Maha. Actually, this has been another list of sick names. It always is. Well, let me take it home with two more sick names. I would like to thank from Manchester in the greatest of Britons. <laughs> Ian Whitehead. Oh. Sorry, Whitehead. I don't know why I had an S in there, Ian. Ian Whitehead. Ian Whitehead. That is, to me, that is a super British name. 
Sounds... Ian Whitehead. Hello, I'm Ian. Hello, I'm Ian Whitehead. Hello, I'm Ian, and I've eaten 52 of... Sandwiches. Sandwiches? No. Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Oh, From the Somme. Right. Yeah. it's Because sandwiches were by um, Emerald, the Earl of Sandwich or something. Uh, the Emerald, these, yes. These were, which is his nickname, the Earl of Sandwich is nicknamed the Emerald. Um, the Emerald Earl of Sandwich, yes. Whereas uh, the Somwich uh, was. Very famous uh, in the. Uh, in the Somme. Battle of the Somme. In mm. the Battle of the Somme, and it came up at the same time, actually. And tell me, what's in a Somwich? Um, uh, blood and guts. Oh, God. Wow. Ian, From no. the battlefield, yeah. 52. That awful. Hey. What's a Manchester accent, Dave? We just did um, basic English accent. It's Manchester. It's it's uh, it's some it's some. Oh, is it? Well, Don't know. Well, that's, it. that's not is it. Um, no. That's more. That's still London. Um, who's a who's a no? Who's Mankey? Um, no, oh the Gallagher's. Um. All right. <laughs> <laughs> My head on the wall behind me laughing at that. All right. All right. My brother's a dog. (laughs) Fuck me, brother. Yeah, I'm I'm the better brother. Sorry, which one are you? Oh, no. No. The songwriter. Where's Adele from? Adele, no one knows her last name. (laughs) Adkins. We'll never know. We'll never know. Ian Whitehead. Great name. Adele's Tottenham. Hello, I'm Adele. That's Tottenham. Tottenham's in in London, right? Yes. Anyway. Thanks to Ian Whitehead. I am sure you have a brother that you're better than as well. What did Ian have 52 of? Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Sorry about that. That was on you. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) And finally, I'd like to take us home with a uh, shout out. Clearing my throat because I want to get this right. (laughs) A big thank you from Vancouver, also in Canada. This name is Haraj... Fernando. Oh, my God. Eroge Fernando. That just made me feel a little weak in the stomach. That is good stuff. Knees. (laughs) Weak in the knees. Are you having flashbacks about those Red Bull cans? Yeah. Eroge Fernando. What did they eat? 52 pieces of brie. Oh, yeah. On crackers? Yeah. Yum. All on crackers. Just eating wheels. I reckon 52. I reckon the first 10 are fantastic. After that, you're like, oh. 10 so... wheels of. No, no not pieces. A pieces oh, okay. of brie on a cracker. Any quince paste? Yeah. I only very recently got onto quince paste. I'm God, a big fan. Good. I love it. It's so yummy. You can't have too much of those. Otherwise, it overpowers the cheese. A little bit. Just a tiny little bit. A little bit. Now, a little bit of cheese. Do you go biscuit, quince, cheese, or biscuit, cheese, quince? quince. It's too, quince. Su- too sweet for me. Yeah. As you get older. Yeah, we've sweetness. discussed this. Yeah, the, you need the more bitter and full. I like olives and uh, yeah, you know, I love them all. Anything that you can. Uh, and I'm a, eat I'm with a, a hard cheese man. If anything, I oh. do like a brie though. I'm a cheddar head. Yeah, I love a bit of cheddar. No, I'm a blue. I'm a I'm a brie. But a soft or a hard blue boy. I'm a camembert. I prefer a soft blue. I'm a hard blue. If anything. Oh, okay. No, I prefer. I tried blue because you liked it so much. It's fantastic. I hated it, but I tried it. Yeah. That was a big step for, for me, yeah. Well thank you Love so it. much. Love it so much. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the people we've mentioned there yeah, today. Haraj, Haraj Ian, Kaylee, Rory, Rory Billy, Billy, Dave. It's almost like we're reading from the same list. Um, we appreciate you so much. And if you want to be one of those wonderful people who are 
also gets shout outs and contributes to the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. And you get things like bonus episodes. Yeah. And recently we just put up a whole, uh, like a full, uh, normal full episode yeah. length report was, about the nanny. We spoke about the nanny for over an hour and it was a great report, Matt, because we could feel the passion. Oh, so much fun. I loved it. <laughs> As in the nanny, the TV show, if that didn't make sense. Yeah. No, uh, super nanny. The, um... <laughs> Matt's nanny growing up. <laughs> not not uh, the woman that Arnold Schwarzenegger had an affair with. Was that him? The nanny. Yeah. He did have an affair um, with the nanny. You can find us on all social medias at do go on pod. You can email us at do go on pod at gmail.com. And everything else will be on our website, dogoonpod.com. And come see us in Brisbane. And Please. If, if you want to um, yeah, follow us on all those social medias for more info and stuff. Yeah. And on our personal social medias as well. You should follow us on all them yeah, too. Yeah, I'm way funnier on my own. I save the good stuff for my <laughs> channels. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's true. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode in the studio. But until then, we'll say thank you and goodbye. Laters. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.